Good morning, everyone in this room here. Everybody is welcome. Everybody present. Everybody online that is watching this service this morning. Easter Mennonite Seminary Chapel Service, November 21st, 2023. And it's a rainy day outside. That's what, uh, and I think I can share what Laura told me on the way in. She said, it's raining, but it's good. She said, it's good. Right, Laura? Amen. The rain is good, but man, amen. <laughs> um, Brett gave me the uh, option of uh, welcome everyone, everyone, whether it's in Spanish or English. So we're going to do bilingual this morning. And I, uh, it's, a different, it's a different setting than uh, last week on Wednesday, the same place here. I was terrified, but uh, this morning, I, I'm good. I'm good this morning. <laughs> and uh, we're going to remember this during my presentation. We're going to do it again. We're going to welcome Jesus to this place. And we say, Jesus is the key twice. As you, as you repeat with me. Jesus está aquí. Again, Jesus está aquí. Thank you. Gracias. And we have um, the call to worship and voices. Voices? Together, yes. Thank you, Professor Joyner. Joyner. And uh, also, he gave me the option, again, you know, Spanish or English. And I said, well, we're going to do both, right? So, um, let me see. Maybe I can read it. Okay. So, I'm the leader, right? And then uh, you repeat, you are welcome. If you are delighted to be here, and if you are tired of trouble, if, she, if your faith is strong and if your faith is battered or frail, if you are eager to praise God and if you need to be quiet, God welcomes us all to worship today and promises to meet us here. All right, now Espanol. Si se siente muy a gusto aquí, o si está cansado o preocupado, bienvenido. bienvenido. Si su fe es fuerte, o si su fe está maltratada o frágil, bienvenido. Si está ansioso por adorar a Dios, o si necesita estar en silencio. Todos. Dios nos da la bienvenida a todos para adorarle. Y nos promete estar con nosotros aquí hoy. Jesus is welcome to this place. We 
can go back to our gathering prayer. Let us pray together. God of every place, some of us see you today from mountains of joy and confidence, mountains of gratitude and praise. Some of us seek you today from valleys of grief or doubt, valleys of loss or exhaustion. And in all places, there you are with us, nudging us onward. When we descend from the heights, show us your presence on the ground. When we rise from the depths, show us the light of your way. Meet us all on the path made by Jesus. Let's stand as we sing together how firm a foundation.
The scripture for today is from Luke chapter 7, verse 11 to 17. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the buyer they were carrying him on. And the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I said to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus is spread through all Judea and the surrounding country. This is the word of God for the people of God. I have the honor this morning to introduce our speaker, my brother Carlos, and uh, I text Carlos last night. I asked him, what do you want me to share? And he said that uh, he's a seminary student. But also this morning, he uh, agreed that I can share the following. With brother Carlos, we go back many years. I can tell you 2007. When Carlos and another brother, I think you, some of you know him. Um, uh, I forgot his name. Ah, Marvin Lorenzana. Marvin Lorenzana, yeah, my, my brain gave me a, tr a trick right now. Marvin Lorenzana, another brother, uh, he's from Honduras. And Carlos, remember Carlos, 2007, they were the only ones that helped me to move to Broadway. Uh, uh, Carlos brought his truck. And then he put stuff in his truck and then helped me that day uh, to, uh, to move to a new house in Broadway. So, Carlos, thank you. And we, uh, we brothers in Christ, and, uh, and I, I, like I said, I have an honor to introduce him for this morning uh, word. Thank you. Encounters with Jesus. Encounters with Jesus. One of the uh, fascinating aspects of reading the Gospels is to read about those encounters Jesus had with the people. They were real encounters. I believe most of them were transformational. Something happened in those encounters. The gospel narratives invite us to, to imagine the context of, this, of these encounters. They tell us where they took place, how was the setting, who was there, who was following, who was waiting. So it just, our imagination just goes 
and imagine the setting of these encounters Jesus had with the people. They happen everywhere, on the roads, on the mountains, on the rivers, going into a city, getting out of the city, on the wells, and just pretty much everywhere. It's another thing fascinating to me is to imagine the crowds. It's a number that we cannot imagine. For some people, a crowd might be 20. For some people, a crowd needs to be 1,000 or 5,000. We have no idea. It's just a multitude and a crowd. What we read in Luke chapter 7, verse 11, begins before we arrive to, to verse 11 with another similar story of Jesus doing something very similar to what he did in this in this other narrative of, of verse 11 to 17. So Luke chapter 7 talks about two crowds and two different settings. And the first, we don't read that one because it was going to be too long, but when chapter 7 of Luke starts in, chapter, in verse 1, talks about another resurrection. Another young man brought back to life. Talks about the resurrection of a slave. Some other versions uh, just call him a young man. And he was of a household of, a, of an important man, a military man, a man with wealth, someone who was praised by the people. And he dared to ask for a miracle to Jesus. In fact, he did not even do it himself. He sent someone. And he was making sure Jesus knew who he was. Tell him who I was. Tell him who I am. Tell him that I have a servant. And I'm going to let him know that when I say something, I want something to be done, and it's to be done. Because when I told somebody to do something, they do it for me. So he was making sure Jesus knew that. And it was a person in command, a centurion, a person in charge of a large number of people in the military, in the army, um, a person of wealth. Uh, Luke said that he built a synagogue. One of those persons you just want to have in your congregation. <laughs> like, yeah, whoever you are, just come, don't, don't, don't leave, stay with us. So nevertheless, he was a man with a need. And Jesus fell for that need. In fact, what he, Jesus recalled in, in the narrative says that Jesus looked at his faith and then he resurrected the centurion servant. So then after that, the narrative follows with another, with another resurrection. It says that in verse 11 that he was on his way to another city from Capernaum to Nain. Um, it's about 23 miles, according to Google. And according to Google Maps, it would take you 10 hours walk from Capernaum to Nain. So here you have a large crowd following Jesus after witnessing the miracle, the resurrection, for a 10-hour walk. And just as they were getting out of the city, they encounter another crowd coming in front of them. So now what do we have now? Two crowds. And we have Jesus right in the middle. So just think about it for a minute. 
the crowd that was following Jesus, they just witnessed a resurrection. They just saw something powerful. I would like to imagine that this crowd was excited. I would like to imagine that this crowd was shouting, talking to each other of the goodness of God, the goodness of Jesus. Just imagine the conversations. Do you see the miracle? Wow. And he's not even a Jew. I think, I think we're following the right person. I imagine somebody says, I hope so, because this is 10-hour walk, and I'm getting hungry, man. <laughs> I'm hoping. Perhaps they were singing, shouting, talking about what they just saw. But just as they were getting out of the city, they encounter another crowd in front of them. And this was a different crowd. They were mourning the death of a young man. They were crying, grieving, weeping. So suddenly Jesus was in the middle of two multitudes, one really excited and the other one crying. And he was right in the middle. This multitude they encountered were carrying a dead body, the son of a woman, who was also a widow. We can imagine that the suffering was indescribable, but deep pain. She lost her husband, and now she lost her son. A woman, a person that is recognized by writers and scholars, one of those vulnerable groups, a woman uh, looked by, by a patriarchal, a patriarchal system, perhaps invisible in some cases, rejected in some, some cases, second-class citizen. Jesus responds. Now, I call my attention that nobody in the crowd that was following Jesus say anything. Not Peter that was really fired up all the time. Not John. No one. Nobody say anything. Neither the disciples or nobody from the crowd. The first person to respond to that crowd was Jesus. And in particular, Jesus was looking at one person out of the crowd. Jesus saw her. He don't see nobody else. Jesus saw her. For Jesus, she was not invisible. I would like to see, imagine that this was one of those difficult times a person can live. One of those lowest points one of those times when you hit rock bottom and there's nowhere deeper you can go. Everything collapses. Husband dead. Son dead. It's important to know that Luke writes about the stories of women more than any other gospel. Luke tells us the stories about women more than any other gospel. And I think that is uh, very meaningful that right after the resurrection of a young man 
of this big man in command, this wealthy man, Luke tells a story about a woman of a different circumstance. I'm not suggesting that Luke was meaning to bring balance to the narrative. Oh, I already talked about a man. I need to talk about a woman now. But he did. I'm not suggesting that he was advocating for inclusion or equality, but I can argue that it looked like it. What I'm suggesting is that for Jesus, it doesn't make a difference who you are. For Jesus, no one is invisible. And if you have a need, he's looking after you. The two narratives are about resurrection. And resurrection is a, a symbol of something new. Uh, new life, new beginnings, new opportunities. As we can see, and I said in the beginning, the encounters with Jesus are transformational by nature. Something needs to happen. And in this case, life happens. New life happens. New opportunity happens. Another thing that caused my attention of the narrative is that the, both of the men that were resurrected were young men. Young people. Don't look too much. Look at Jesus, who will give you life. Now, let me ask you something. I already uh, put the picture for you. We have the crowd following Jesus, really excited, shouting out. They just witness a powerful deed. We have the other crowd, crying, weeping. We have a devastated person. She has lost everything. If you think about it, I want you to imagine, and if you don't mind to close your eyes for 30 seconds, and I invite you, if you would like, to close your eyes for 30 seconds. Imagine the two crowds. And let me ask you something. Which crowd are you identified with today? Where are you in this story? Are you with the ones following Jesus, celebrating all the goodness, all the good things, shouting, singing, dancing? Or this is a season where you are in the other crowd, mourning your losses, reaching a point of frustration, tired to be invisible for society, invisible for the church, Invisible in your community. You can open your eyes. If you in the crowd rejoicing with Jesus, celebrating, I'm going to invite you to look at the crowd in front of you. The crowd that is suffering. The crowd that is in war the crowd that is displaced. And I want to invite you to respond to the crying of that crowd. I'm going to invite you to advocate for justice, equality, peace, life, 
inclusion and do it in Jesus' name. If you are in the crowd that is mourning, weeping, suffering, the only thing I can say is that God is with you. God is with all of us. Emmanuel. And I can tell you that encounters with Jesus continue to happen. Right here. Right now. Thank you for your attention.
as Jesus is also here with us, with this small crowd this morning. But we are together as a family. Um, let's pray together. Great physician, you touch the lives of the sick and the troubled. Your hands rest on bodies in Christ. You saw broken hearts. We call on you today, O oh God, because we need your healing. Where we have pain, bring relief. When we are disoriented, bring clarity. When we confront diseases of brokenness, bring healing. When we wait for tests or news, bring patience.
Please remain, stand for the benediction. I'm going to do this in English and Spanish. Now, go and share the good news. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is alive. Be empowered by the Holy Spirit to proclaim new life, new beginnings. To the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be the honor forever. Ahora vayan y lleven las buenas nuevas. Jesucristo, el Hijo de Dios, está vivo. Sean empoderados por el Espíritu Santo para proclamar nueva vida y nuevos comienzos. Al Padre, al Hijo y al Espíritu Santo, sea el honor por siempre. Vayan en paz. Go in peace.